2: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for
5: details. Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, it's comforting to believe that a deceased grandparent is being reunited with their spouse in death. Then what does it mean when one of them shows up from beyond the grave in your bedroom? That today on Real Ghost Stories Online.
3: Welcome. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. That
5: it is. 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. We'd absolutely love to hear them. Of course, you can also uh, write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. If you want to get to even more stuff, our bonus episodes, 300 some of those to binge away on our best ghost stories. Become an extra podcast person in EPP. You sign up at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories to uh, get all the bonus contents, five bucks a month, get access to all of it and help keep us on the air. Do the year membership, and get one month free. So many different ways for you to choose what you want when you get all the uh, extra cool stuff that we got to offer you. Uh, it's Tony and Carol Hughes on uh, today's episode of the program. And uh, how are you this fine day?
1: Hey, Tony, I'm doing pretty good.
5: Hey, that's that makes hey, one of Tony. us.
1: <laughs> How are you? How oh, are you doing, Tony?
5: I'm doing peachy. I'm doing just fucking peachy. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, mm hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can really say. So, uh, yeah, let's jump into our first ghost story of the day. 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Uh, Starts out by saying, I have so many paranormal experiences, but I'll have to spread them out over time as multiple submissions. The stories I'll tell you this time around have had to do with being clairvoyant, a world I did not know until recently. First things first, some weird things about me. One is I have memories that precede my birth and an eventful paranormal childhood. Second is, at the age of four, for no reason whatsoever, I just began playing piano by ear. Whether it was something I heard on TV or on the radio or someone's voice or a ringtone, I recognized the notes instantly and play it back on the correct piano keys in all the correct sequences. All throughout my life, my musical ear was overly sensitive to noise, even to the slightest of noises, no matter how far away. When I was 18, two months after my grandmother died, I reunited with my father, her son, in another country. We'd been separated for two years prior to this due to geography and financial circumstances, and he was not able to attend the funeral. One afternoon, I was in my father's upstairs bedroom, which he let me sleep in during my visit, and heard clear as day my deceased grandmother's voice say my name. There's anything spooky about it at the moment, just as real as you'd hear anybody talk. And as quickly as it came, it went, too quickly for me to even register, That my grandmother was dead until the incident passed. I should note that the last time I saw her, she told me it would, in fact, be the last time I saw her. But I, being a teenager, told her not to say things like that. And that I would bring her some of her favorite foods and uh, books on our next visit. A visit that never came. I felt angry at myself and guilty about this for some time following her death. But after this incident, I felt forgiven. That everything was okay and she was too. Later that evening for dinner, I debated telling my dad about this. I did not want to upset him and concluded not to. Ironically, he looked uncomfortable around me. Clearly, with was something on his mind. I asked him what was wrong, and he responded that I would not believe him. I insisted that he tell me. He said earlier that afternoon he was downstairs and heard grandma say his name. I could not wait to tell him what happened to me upstairs. Maybe it was her also forgiving my dad for not being able to be at the funeral. Years later, I received a court summons in the area where my grandparents lived. It was all because of some typo in the system. The wrong license plate number. Mine over 50 miles away. Afterward, I did not know where I was going, but kept driving as if I did. I soon recognized the roads of my early, early childhood. Roads I should not recognize, really. I ended up driving along a river and had a thought that this was near me, or near where my grandparents were buried. Soon enough, a cemetery appeared. I decided to turn it in to in and pay respects to my grandparents. I looked and looked, but could not find their graves. Maybe I was at the wrong cemetery and said out loud to myself that I was going and I was sorry I couldn't find them. And I looked down, standing directly on top of their gravestone. During that same year, I was working at a Victorian hotel on the coast. I often rotated between reception and housekeeping. The hotel was three floors with the basement. One time when I was in reception, I heard little footsteps running down the hallway above me. I remember it was winter when it was slow and we hardly had any guests checked in. Between checking the system, talking with colleagues, and investigating any spontaneous check-ins during the night, I confidently concluded we did not have any children staying at the hotel. Another time I was housekeeping on the top floor. I was vacuuming the family suite, two bedrooms within one unit. When I was in one bedroom, I felt like something was in the other bedroom. When I went into the other bedroom, it felt like something was back in the original one. I didn't think much of it apart from, hey, that's creepy and continued to do the work I needed to get it done. And the next room was a honeymoon suite, the biggest room in the hotel. When I started vacuuming, I heard my name being called. shut off the vacuum. Nothing, I... I started vacuuming again and heard my name being called. Sounded exactly like my colleague. I looked everywhere for her, but she was not there. Later, I went down into the basement where the laundry gets done. I bumped into my colleague and the voice, the one voice I heard upstairs... She seemed annoyed at me and asked her why. Turns out I kept calling her name from the second floor, but I did not. Fast forward to a decade later, my husband and I visited an old priory just days before Halloween. It was almost closing time and getting dark, and there we were, one of the two couples at the property. They were headed towards their car. We were headed for the medieval church. Something did not want me to go there, though. A feeling I could not shake off. When we entered the church, I felt very unwelcome. No one else was in there but us. My husband proceeded deeper and deeper into the church, past pew after pew after pew towards the altar. For the first time in my life, I could not proceed. Something physically stopped me from following my husband. Then my husband stopped unexpectedly, like something too was stopping him from going any further. At the same time, loud and clear, we heard heavy footsteps walking above us. We looked up, but there was no above us for anyone to walk. My first thought was maybe it was some security guard locking up, but there was nobody, no one, and the sound of keys and doors locking. Suddenly, my husband regains movement and rushes towards me, indicating that we're leaving. He would not talk to me on the way out or in the car, and we drove for a while in silence until we were far enough for him to feel comfortable talking to me about what had happened. He said he felt something pass through him, and whatever it was, wanted us out. He says the best way he can describe this is when you're watching a horror movie and the focus puller shows the background sharply zooming in and out while the character stays in place. In other words, a distortion of space, but a sensation of dread. At the same time, he said it felt like something was pulling on him from the inside, specifically pulling his innards downwards, like heavy, cold chainmail being dropped onto him. After some research, we found out, we found a monk, went mad at the property and ended up being buried on site in chains. Perhaps it was him. There's so many more stories in my share, but I'll have to be told another time. Thanks for listening. And your thoughts.
1: Well, there's a lot to unpack in that one.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But I think, you know, number one, if you have those bad feelings, like you shouldn't go in someplace, don't go. But then I think sometimes you go, well, it's just me overreacting to something. Mm-hmm. But it's really interesting how all that was, they shouldn't have been in there. Yeah. You know? And then the other thing about the music, I have thought before, is there a thing like with, you You see these kids who are really young and playing drums or something like, mm-hmm. like they're 30 how, how does that happen? And so I'm like, is it reincarnation? Could that, I don't know, but how could you hear something, you know, cause playing piano is not easy. There's 88 keys, you got 10 fingers. It's like a lot of coordination.
5: That's the one that amazes me more than anything is like yeah. the piano and just being able to walk up to it and going, oh, I heard that, now I can play it. That to yeah. me is, is I, I get drums, it's it's a rhythm thing. And, you know, I think we instinctively kind of can do a rhythm once we know where things are, but the some piano. People,
1: not everybody. Well, I mean, it just
5: depends on the person. But to, to kind of wonder, is there some sort of reincarnation thing going on? I wonder that about things like pianos and, and other and more complex musical instruments, and I say that having played the drums myself, so I know. You know, I'm not. I'm not dissing drum players. I've I played it, um, but something. Uh, but to me, like the piano was overwhelming to try and and do, which I never did. Um, but we had to kind of learn notes and everything when before I even started playing the drums, um, and that I, I found very frustrating. I'm not good at reading music, and I'm not good at coordinating myself to play a piano or anything like that. So when someone can just do that and show up and play, you know, Mozart or something, it's just like, how is that? What it I mean? What is going on in their mind that allows them to do that? And that that is, yeah. you know, it makes you wonder. And
1: then the, uh, like there was so many parts in that story. But then, of course, like the one with the grandmother, those are the stories I kind of like mm-hmm. with and hearing her. Yeah voice like so that one touched my heart but then the other one was weird where she hears her co-worker and her co-worker hears her mm-hmm. which is I don't know how you explain that one so obviously this person attracts all kinds of things Yeah, you know and I do I think there are just people who are I don't know if you're more open to it or how exactly that works
4: mm-hmm.
1: but You know, someone like that really does need to pay attention to those feelings. Yeah. Especially when it's like you have a bad feeling about going in someplace Mm -hmm. and then that happens to your husband. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's pretty freaky. Yeah. Don't go in. Don't do it. Go with your gut. And, you know, after that, the husband might, you know, at that point say, I think he'd be open to it the next time. Like, hey, I got this really bad feeling. He's probably like, let's go. We're not going in. Yeah,
0: I agree.
5: Thank you for sharing your story with us. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's go to the next story. It says, I love your podcast. It's part of my daily morning routine now. I cannot stay away. I'm not an EPP member because only because I cannot afford it right now. I will once again get my shit together, though. Our house was built in 1954, and I've been living there for about six years. Our home has only had two owners since it was built. My husband bought it off the original owners, an older couple, in 2003. I'd never had a ghostly presence or experience in my life before this. My home seemed normal for the first three years of my living there. I became pregnant with our first child. During the first two trimesters, we were living our normal life, no activity. Almost as soon as I went into my third trimester, strange things started happening in the house. I felt an energy around me all the time. It was not scary, though. The energy feels peaceful and somewhat welcoming. One day I was lying on my bed when I heard someone walking down our hall towards our bedroom. My door was open and I watched the hallway to see what or who was walking down it. It was nothing. The walking stopped abruptly. It did not scare me even though I was home alone. The presence does not feel evil. It feels like it belongs. Not too sure how to explain it. Life after that, I'd hear our cabinets open slowly, but it was weird because our cabinets have these original vintage hinges that have a push lock to open. It was strange to hear a cabinet door open since you physically must push down on the lock to open it. The longer you live in a home, the more acquainted you become with how each cabinet door sounds or when it opens. The cabinet door that I kept hearing open was the one in the hallway where we store our bath towels and linens. Another instant happens when my husband and I were watching TV in the living room. We both heard something fall in our guest room. This time I knew I was not tripping because my husband heard it too. And the moment it happened, we both looked at each other like, what the fuck was that? Did you hear that? My husband went back to check and there was nothing. Everything was in its place. The activity kept getting more noticeable when I near my due date. I give birth and I thought maybe it'll stop. It did not. We arrived home with our newborn. Activity was subtle. Noises here and there started to pick up after my daughter turned a year or so. By this age, she was able to point at things, and one day, she freaked me the fuck out. Our master bedroom was a small half bath, and I leave the door open when I go use it just to keep an eye on the baby while I'm in there. My daughter always waves at me when I'm sitting and handling business. This one time, my husband, me, and my daughter were lying on the bed. The bathroom door was open, and my daughter looked over and started waving as if Someone was in there. There was nobody there. My husband and I looked over almost instantly. The bathroom was empty. That freaked me out a bit again. The energy in the room was not bad. I found out I was pregnant again. Activity had subsided. A couple of months before I had my second child, the activity started to pick up again. My firstborn was 16 months. I was now able to say a few words here and there. One of the words she used a lot was the word, Hello. The bathroom in the hallway kind of gives me a weird vibe, not malicious, but simply weird as if something is attached to it. My daughter and I were in there one day, and as I'm exiting the bathroom, I'm holding my daughter, ready to walk out of the bathroom. She turns around, looks at the bathtub and waves, and says, Hello! I booked it out of there as fast as I could, with my huge pregnant belly. I gave birth to my second child in March, and shortly after that, my grandmother died. One day my firstborn and I were outside playing with our dogs and it was getting chilly out, and I told my daughter that it was time to go back inside. I picked her up to walk up the steps and she turns back and looks at the orange tree that we planted and she waves and says, Bye bye. I say, No, don't say bye-bye as I rush inside the house. I think my grandma came to say goodbye to my daughter, even though they had only met face to face they'd only met through FaceTime since my grandmother lived in Mexico little side story on this. My family is religious, and when someone passes, they pray for nine days. It's called, I'm going to say this wrong, noveniaries, praying for the dead. My parents had the noveniaries for my grandmother at their house. My daughter was playing by my mom's big tree, and she's the type that loves to show her shoes off. I was watching her, and she was talking to someone. I thought it was her little cousin. She was saying babble words, and then all of a sudden she goes, Yeah, shoes, and kicks up one of her legs as she's showing her shoes off to someone as she usually does. I see her little cousin walk by me and I freaked the fuck out because I thought to myself, who the heck is my daughter talking to? I walked over and there was no one there. My daughter was not frightened though and neither was I, but it was creepy. My second born was just a baby when this was going on. My newborn is the chilliest baby I've ever met, never cries and is always so observant. Her name is Jackie and I call her Jackie Chill because she is that chill. Except when we would go over to my mom's house during the Noveniaries. Jackie was a very frightened baby that would cry spontaneously and uncontrollably as if someone had hit her or something. It was very strange after the noveniaries were over. Jackie Chill was back, no more crying, that alone was simply weird. Back to my house story. Activity has not stopped. I sometimes hear footsteps, the opening and closing of kitchen cupboards. My daughter is waving goodbye or hello at whatever is in the hallway bathroom. Sometimes I hear toys go off by themselves in the living room, but I try to justify how the sounds happen. My husband is always trying to make sense of shit that happens around the house, too. He says things like, oh, it's probably your noodles or cat. The reason I say that I think there's something attached to the hallway bathroom is that it has its original bathtub and sink. Back in the 50s, it was popular to have matching colored tubs, sinks and toilets. Our bathtub and sink are pink. I think the owner liked the color pink because her hallway bathroom is pink and her kitchen countertops are pink as well. Anyway, I fear more activity will start happening the day that I have enough money to remodel that bathroom. Listening to your podcast has taught me a few things and I know that spirits are sometimes attached to specific things. The attached can either get mad if things are disturbed or they can decide to go away. I fear that it won't go away. The scariest thing that has happened to me inside the house was when I was nursing my newborn. And I was sitting on the rocking chair in our bedroom. The door to the hallway was opened, and I started to doze off while my baby nursed. I closed my eyes, and then all of a sudden I had what seemed like a quick dream. An older lady appeared to me straight up in my face laughing. I did not know how to express this, but the lady seemed to have no sense of personal space. She was literally in my face, to the point where I could kiss her if I wanted to. But she was looking at me dead in the eye and laughing hysterically. I could see the inside of her mouth and could see her wrinkles and sharp green eyes. I was even able to make out what she was wearing. It looked like a white nightgown with pink-purple flowers on it. I immediately woke up and there was no one in front of me, just my baby nursing peacefully. That's not happened again. I sometimes still try to make sense as to why this bitch of a ghost was laughing at me, but I have no clue. Something else your show has taught me was not to pay any attention to whatever is there. I know not to engage with it. I know not to feed it the energy it wants me to. When my daughter randomly says goodbye to whatever is in that bathroom, I say, yeah, bye-bye toothbrush or bye-bye toilet seat. I never acknowledge it, even though I can feel it there. As I said, it's not bad energy, but it is an energy. My cat never seems to trip out, neither do my dogs, and I know that animals are overly sensitive when it comes to paranormal energy. Maybe, therefore, as I, uh, I feel as if it's not there to harm us, I think it is some maybe the previous owner coming back to her home because it honestly feels like a motherly presence. And all this started when I was about to give birth. I like to think whatever is there just wants to keep up and help the kids or likes the presence of a happy, free spirit. That's all for now. I hope I do not bore you with my little story. I'll forever listen to your podcast. I'm addicted. If you have any questions, you are more than welcome to email me. Have a great rest of your day. Sincerely, Randy. Thoughts?
1: You know... It all seemed pretty innocent, like obviously something creepy, but not, you know, terrifying. Until that last thing, Mm -hmm. that was, that would freak me out. Like that, like, and I like the idea of goodbye toothbrush. I think that's, I like that. Mm -hmm. But like, I don't want to see anything. (laughs) I don't want to see someone in my face.
5: I'm wondering if the acknowledging and, you know, saying goodbye, toothbrush, this or that, the things like, yeah, I know you're not saying goodbye to your toothbrush. You're saying goodbye to me. <laughs> you know? Yeah. If that still pushes it, you know.
1: But I think for me mentally, that would help me. Sure. Because I'm like, you're right. You love that toothbrush. But I do, when she was talking about it, I think it's interesting how you could live someplace for three years, I think. And not have any issues. And then the connection is you got pregnant.
5: Yeah.
1: And had a baby. And so I was thinking the same thing. Like it, like it seems like it must be a maternal type of presence that kind of went in on helping to care for the kid. Yeah. But not okay. Cause it's kind of scary. Yeah. And you know, and kids do random weird shit anyway. Like, like, and, and not that her kid isn't talking to something, but they just randomly, you know, do weird their kids. Yeah. And so some of that I do think could just be bye bye to the bathroom. But there are other times that I really do think children see things that we don't.
5: I agree. I think that there's there's that sensitivity there. Like the animals, you know, it's just, yeah. you can't really explain it other than, and no one will ever be able to, no one ever can ask their dog, what do you see? Just like you can't ask your baby, what are you seeing? You may just get like a, a giggle and a point, And that's probably as far as you're going to get ever, you know, in being able to identify, you know, I mean, although you have some kids that will come back and say, I remember seeing these things, but in the moment is the different part. In the moment is where you, you know, that's where you get the more solid information, but you simply can't get it at that moment in time.
1: But what do you do about that? Because it's not really fair. It's like, come on. I lived here for three years. I have kids. I don't want to be a terrified mom. Yeah. It's not a good energy to have. Like, it's not okay. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I want to live here in peace. You know, if you want to quietly protect us, awesome.
5: Mm -hmm.
1: You don't get to scare us. Yeah. And, you know cupboards shouldn't be opening and shutting just I don't know I think it would be hard to live in a place like that
5: I agree I don't I I I could not do it as much as I love ghost stories I don't want to be a part of one uh to be completely honest uh 855-853-4802 our number let's go to a caller hi hey
3: guys this is Angel Dawn so we were I guess I was about 10 She was probably around eight years old. There's about a year, a year and a half between us. And we lived in this big, huge brick house. Had the basement, had the creepy attic. It was huge. And I had four brothers and my sister. I'm sorry, three brothers at the time and my sister. And my parents lived there. But this house was uh, referred to as the Beard House. And we referred to it as the Beard House because an older lady lived there by herself for some years before we moved in. And the story goes, I don't know if it's true or not, the story goes that uh, she was the landlord's mistress. And a lot of crazy things went on in that house Um, because we rented that house. But the house always kind of gave me the creeps anyhow But at night, my sister and I, I was on one side of the room and she was on the other side of the room. We had two separate beds. But some nights, and I don't know, I can't put together even now what would be the catalyst to certain nights having this happen, happen. But it happened frequently and it wasn't a dream and it was recurring. But at night, just in the dead of night, I would wake up and I would be hearing something. We didn't have night lights or anything back then. This has been quite some time ago. <laughs> but uh, I would I would hear something that would wake me up, and I'd look across, and it wasn't my sister; she was asleep. But in the middle of the room, and it was a pretty good sized room, I would see three dark figures standing, kind of in a circle around something. And it it was very odd because the figures were, they looked like they were so tall and very slender and they had all black clothing on, even a hood over their heads. But for some reason, I knew they were female and they would be kind of swaying back and forth and they were chanting. And, you know, being a 10-year-old kid... Um, my first reaction would be to put my head under the cover and try to pretend like it wasn't really there. But they were, and I'm and i I'm telling you, I was not asleep. <laughs> and uh, I would kind of peek out to see when, if they were still there, and they never did look at me or anything. They would just stand there and sway, and it was very um, misty-looking and dark and cold and... I mean, it was a scary thing. And not only that, I would look over at my sister, and although all these times I thought that she was asleep, she later told me the same thing, that she would see him and that she would be so scared she couldn't move. Um, but that wasn't all that would happen. What would happen is little tiny furry black spiders would start crawling up the corner where my bed fit into the Uh, against the wall so my bed was against the wall and the head of the bed was against another wall so of course it was right in the corner of the right hand side of the room and um, while I'm laying there scared to death I would see little tiny black furry spiders I know that sounds kind of weird because it was dark it was seemed like it was hazy and misty and it was cold but our walls were very light colored so I would just see all these spiders, like one or two and then three or four and then a whole bunch. And then they would just like start very rapidly coming up the corner of that room at my bed. The odd thing is they never like fell in the bed, but they were all around the bed. So again, (laughs) I uh, couldn't move. It scared me so bad that I, I was stunted. And I would cover up my head, and I would wait until there's when I would take the cover off my head. There'd be times that they were still there. There'd be times they were gone. And when they were gone, I would run my little self across the room and get in bed with my sister. And um, I still tried to make sense of what was going on or what was happening. Um, even today, as an adult woman, I'm still not sure, but I know it was something very, very dark, And something, I feel like in some sense we were protected, my sister and I, because it never, the spiders never crossed into my bed or crawled around on me. Now, sometimes I would feel like they were on my sheets on the outside, but they never got like to where they could touch me and neither did my sister, which she said the spiders never came to her side of the room. but we both did see those figures and they're chanting and i mean it was just like they were in a trance it was crazy but as an adult like i said i'm still trying to make sense of why that was going on and i don't believe that uh, i wasn't crazy i wasn't seeing things and i wasn't dreaming so i feel like it no i, I don't feel like it was real whatever was happening was real um, maybe you guys can give a heads up on what you think about was happening based on some of your research. And, uh, later in life, I did experience another dark figure standing at the bottom of my bed and I couldn't move. And I, it only happened once after that. And I was an adult woman then in my thirties. Um, and I'm still not sure, but for some reason that figure was a male, but all I could do was go, Oh, Jesus, help me. <laughs> Jesus, help me. I don't want this thing to get me. Um, And it never did cross the line again. But I never saw that again. It's just weird. But I just wanted to share that with you.
5: Thanks for sharing that experience with us. What do you think about all of that?
1: I'm going to throw that one back to you (laughs) because... I have never really heard of anything quite like that one. And maybe you have, but if she's wanting some insight from me, I have none.
5: I don't <laughs> really have a was lot. It's crazy
1: like figures and chanting and then the spiders. Yeah. I mean like, I don't know about some that. Some
5: of it some of it sounds like it could be something that is induced to you. Not I'm not saying on purpose. I'm not saying she's doing drugs or anything like that, but more like carbon monoxide type poisoning, things of that nature where yeah. you, st- I mean, the brain tends to do that when, uh, whether you're choosing to do it or not with some sort of a chemical, it'll go to kind of those fear-based things, spiders and things of that nature that aren't there. Uh, you know, quite often that's what you hear, um, someone who's, you know, going through withdrawal from alcohol or a drug of some sort, seeing these things that are not there. I know there's a name for that, uh, that occurrence, but I, it doesn't come to mind. Um, and I'm not in any way insinuating that that's what was going on with this person by any means, um, other than something that they may be unaware of um, that that might have
1: her sister saw it, too.
5: Well, I mean, that's that's what doesn't make any sense um, is they're both seeing the same thing. And for the odds of people who are both in a, a place where. There's a carbon monoxide poison. You're just throwing the simplest one out there going on for both to be experiencing the exact same things in the same places and can point, you're not going to see the same things no. and, and for it to be simultaneous is what makes it, you know, that, that kind of throws that argument down a bit um, as far as how that that is working. So I don't know. I mean, it's just very bizarre, but I, I do think sometimes have you
1: l- heard one like that before.
5: Not quite like that. There, there are times where I have to wonder if, when someone is is experiencing things to that level and they're seeing certain things that are not there, are these things really appearing, or is something in more in control of that individual, and this is like the filter they're putting over their eyes, and this is what they're they're then seeing, but to maybe others they wouldn't be. But the uh, the friend was there, the sister was there, and they they were experiencing it simultaneously so i don't know i mean i'm not here to to, you know have all the answers other than just kind of give you an opinion um but it's a more one of the more unique ones that i I think we've ever had and that's all i got
1: it was kind kind of crazy and then when the spider thing like that that i think that then i'd be like oh chanting figures over there that's one thing but these spiders have got to go (laughs) you can deal with the chanting i can handle them
5: maybe there's a maybe there's a warm fuzzy associated with chanting figures you know childhood when you have the the monks over and they're chanting in your in your nursery everybody has their parents do that a few times when you're a kid and it's kind of warm and fuzzy oh wait they don't (laughs) yeah
1: and maybe that kind of chanting sounds kind of awesome i don't know
5: Bizarre, Don't bring
1: right? the damn spiders with you. Yeah,
5: just a bizarre story. Thank you for taking the time to share that with us. We do greatly, greatly appreciate it. That's going to wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, keep us on the air. Become an extra podcast person, EPP as we call them. Sign up at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Until next time, for Carol and all of us at Real Ghost Stories Online, I'm Tony Bruski. Thank you for listening.
2: That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
4: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo when we lost track of time. <gasps> Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found.
1: That project manager I could never seem to hire?
4: And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky?
2: In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office.